three, two, one. Welcome to the Mix Zone by Infront Lab. On this podcast, we chat with sports and innovation leaders from around the globe, talking about everything from the newest technologies to major trends affecting our industry. For those of you who are joining us for the first time, we're Infront Lab, the innovation branch of Infront Sports and Media. We use technology to improve experiences and create new opportunities in sports, and help sports and entertainment organizations by bringing them closer to cutting-edge technologies and startups. We cover all sports-related industries, from data to content and everything in between. I'm Marav Severe, Marketing Manager at The Lab and host of this podcast. We've spoken a lot about fans on the mix zone, how to engage them, get to know them better, cater to their changing preferences, and their numerous cultures and languages. The Champions Hockey League, which includes teams from 14 different countries, has learned the ins and outs of catering to a wide variety of fans. They may all have hockey in common, but they all consume and engage with hockey and the CHL in different ways. Joining us on this episode is Monica Reinhardt, Communications and Digital Media Director for Champions Hockey League. Monica, it's great to have you on the show. Thank you for being with us. Hi, thank you very much for having me. So before we get into the CHL and what you've done over these past couple of years and sort of your innovation journey, I want to know more about you, uh, where you come from, how did you arrive at the CHL, what have you done in the past? Well, um, I have a hockey background. I was a player myself, but this was then combined with my communication background. I did communication journalism studies, worked in online journalism before, before I joined the CHL. I'm now with the company for almost seven years. Uh, That's almost the whole time the company exists because it's eight years. So uh, I saw the company growing. Uh, It was an exciting journey. And yeah, so I I had the chance to combine my passion for the sport with my job, which is a very fortunate situation. I guess. And uh, yeah, just recently I um, concluded my MBA in digital transformation. So I think this is uh, yeah, basically it. So you're in this very unique position where, first of all, you're doing exactly what it is that you wanted to do with your passion, with which is hockey that uh, you mentioned. And you watched the CHL grow over these past seven years. What has that been like for you? What, are, what have you seen from the company in this growth? Well, this was Absolutely an exciting journey. I mean, we could create everything from the scratch. Of course, when I started, there was a base there for the first season, which I was not part of it. But then, for example, after three years, we decided to do already a rebranding because we were not so happy with what's there from the beginning. So I was part of that journey. Or for example, in communications, where I do the season review booklet every season, I could do that from the scratch. I think I, I changed that already like three or four times because we have a, 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 in our company, we do a lot with try and error. So we can really grow the product. We can try what works, what doesn't work. And we change it. Same with digital stuff. We tried so many things already. And I think this is probably the only time you can do that in your life. You can't grow a company from the beginning very often. And I think this is a very unique chance we had here as a team. You need also to know we are a very small team. I mean, if people heard Champions League, they think about UEFA uh, and they have like several hundred people. So we are only seven people in the building. And so you also get the insights in all the other um, 
parts of the company, be it marketing, be it sports. So we are involved in all the different parts of the companies. And this is really a very unique um, experience. And it's also very interesting to see the company growing or the competition growing. But of course, it's also very challenging because nobody was there waiting for us. So it, it's also a, a challenge to, to grow this in Europe. When you say seven people, are you talking about seven people in the communications and media or are you talking about uh, uh, every day that's who shows up to the office, seven people, and then you, you branch out to different outsourcing companies when you need it? Yeah, no, that's that's all of us. So we have a CEO, we have two people in sports, two people in marketing, two people in communication. And then, of course, as you just mentioned, we outsource a lot. Um, so, for example, in my communication department, I'm working with a company based in Czech Republic for the content. There is two people working every day for us, but then they can scale up on, on game days. They are probably up to 40 people then doing different contents for us. Uh, so, of course, it would not be possible to just work with the seven people we have here based in Zug, Switzerland. Um, but, yeah, we are, we are um, dependent on different outsourced companies who help us to run this uh, show, yes. So within these seven people, obviously, you're outsourcing a lot. I assume technology plays a big part in this as well and what you're doing on the day-to-day. But what's the technology and innovation culture like within this small group of people? How high of a priority is it for you? This is an absolute high priority. I think this is also very... um, unique or special because we are such a small company um, we are a very lean company so decision making is very fast everyone is very much um, interested into technology it's not only the communication or digital department it comes from the sports side it comes from the marketing side our ceo is very much pushing us to look for new technologies in all areas and we are all involved also in the different meetings so for example if sports is looking for new technology i will also always join these meetings because it's important that all the employees know what we are doing and give feedback on those uh, innovations which are on the table so everyone is asked to give feedback not only in its own department, it's really a culture we have that everyone is asked to be interested in the different departments and also involved in in innovations and technology. And I think um, this is also very great because we can also try different things in our competition. We want to be unique. Um, We have values in our brand, for example, one of them is brave, one is unconventional, and this also fits then to this culture where we are pushed to search for innovations. So what are some of these technologies that you've seen come across in these different meetings, whether it be for communications and media or other departments within the CHL? What are the technologies that you've looked at in the past? As you mentioned, it's quite a lot when you're such a small team and, and you're looking to get as much done as you can. Yeah, of course, we are looking at many technologies, but we are not always able to implement them. I mean, one uh, issue is then, of course, always limited resources, be it finance, finances or also human resources. We can't do all the things we would love to do so. Um, but yeah, for example, one technology, um, we, we built a platform um, which is, is called the Fan Challenge, where, where gaming is a big uh, part of it. Um, we had in the past at, uh, at finals, we used the technology with face recognition where fans were taking pictures. So we had official photographers t- walking around in the arena. They took pictures of the fans and then fans could go to our app, uh, scan their face, and then they got the pictures. 
Um, we are working with Pico. Pico is a company who helps us to identify our fans. So there is a direct interaction with the fans via Facebook Messenger, Twitter, or Instagram, whatever channel the fans prefer. So this is maybe more on the fan engagement side. Um, one thing which is maybe more interesting from the sports side, I know we want to talk more about fan engagement today, but we have a technology on the sports side. It's an AI-based software which helps us uh, at, the, at the draw, when we draw the teams to diff different groups, it helps us to avoid, we have clashes with the rules we have, for example, the teams are not allowed to play uh, teams from the same country in the, in the group stage, so this will help us to detect those clashes. And also the software is helping us to create the perfect or the ideal schedule, so we will um, fill some parameters into the softwares like arena availability, I will, oh, it's a stupid word, Word. Um, the arenas, if they are available or not, um, or also like travel routes, and then the software will calculate the best schedule for the different groups and will support us also in this matter. In the end, also, if the teams have uh, perfect routes to travel, they will also save money, for example, on the trips. And I can imagine with such a small team how big of an impact it is that you can have an AI do that probably in a matter of minutes rather than have someone sit in front of an Excel sheet and try and do it. Absolutely. As human. <laughs> yeah, so that, that was the, the past. Uh, I mean, it was Excel sheets calculating and so on. And uh, this software we developed very early. I think it was in, in place already, like from the second or third season on. Um, we had somebody developing it for us. And this person, uh, yeah, is now also talking to many other uh, sports properties, uh, sports organizations in Europe or even worldwide, because this is very beneficial, this software. So I think that there we were really a first mover with this software. And uh, now others will join because it's so helpful. Yeah, I can imagine others are jumping on uh, the opportunity to use something like that. But Monica, I want to go back some, to what you mentioned at the beginning of one of your previous answers, and that's the fan challenge. First, yep. can you explain a little bit about what the fan challenge is? Yep, the fan challenge was a project that um, we launched after uh, having done a huge fan survey. Uh, we did one in 2017 and one in 2019, where we uh, had two times over 20,000 fans in Europe, giving us feedback uh, about how the competition is perceived, uh, what, the, what the needs are and so on. I mean, this is a really huge amount of fans giving us feedback, so that was great. And we saw that one of the issues we have is that we need to um, share more knowledge or make our teams and players more uh, known through Europe because one of the issues we have, it's like in football, the teams are very well known. So everyone knows Manchester United, FC Barcelona, or the players like Ronaldo, Messi and so on. This is not the case in hockey. Hockey is a very local sport, you know the teams in your country, but you don't really know the, the teams from the other countries if it's not the NHL teams, which of course are, are big teams and also big stars. So we wanted to create a platform where we can um, have some nice ways how to share this knowledge, for example, with quizzes and also with uh, travel sites we have there. So there is information shared if, if fans want to travel to um, a different country, they will find their information about the arena, about the city, about the best hotels, the best restaurants and so on. And uh, in the same time, there is also other games like uh, a manager where they can put in the players so they get to know the players better and, and so on. So we started with some basic games there because gamification, as we all know, is also a, a big trend now. And the 
idea is that the fans sign up there. They play the fan challenge for the whole season. There is challenges every game day. So they will sign up every game day again and come back and play the games. Um, and then, yeah, they collect points for their own ranking, but they also collect points for their club. So we want to find out which club in Europe has the best fans or the most active fans. Uh, yeah, and this is, is the idea behind it. You said you started out with something very basic and it's been a couple seasons now. So what additions or changes have you made over the years to improve this, both from the fan perspective and for you at the CHL and what you gain from this? Yeah, so, right, we, we started with, with prediction quizzes and votes. Uh, these are still the the games which works the best. But what we added afterwards, after a couple of seasons, was arcade games. So this is more complex uh, games. Uh, we started there also with like one or two and then added more and more and more. And this is, uh, yeah, something which is uh, very engaging for the fans as well. Uh, also there, they collect again points. It was then in the end a little bit tricky how to make it balanced so not the persons who are gaming the most in the arcade games are gaining more points than the ones who are just joining the quizzes. But there we have now a mechanism which is working very well. Um, yeah, so this was, was the most um, advanced parts we added to the, to the fan challenges. And obviously we can understand what the fans gain from it from their perspective. But what is it that the you at the CHL gain from the fan challenge? Um, it's two points. On one hand, it's the Europe-wide promotion. So clubs are heavily involved in that. Um, of course, we need to do something so clubs will help us to promote the fan challenge. We do tailor-made assets for them and provide them with an extensive communication plan. So they will get from us an Excel file where they see, well, this is the calendar on these days, we need to post this asset and so on. And this is not only like general CHL assets, we really do um, some club specific assets for them. So they also have more um, incentive to post it on their own club channels. And uh, of course, then we benefit of the reach of the clubs because we all know fans are fans of clubs and are, uh, usually not fans of a league. So we profit of the of the clubs platforms. That's the one thing. And the other thing is, of course, that done. So the fans register on the platform. We collect their email addresses. We collect their uh, names. We collect their favorite team and so on. So there is a uh, nice amount of data we get out of this and of course can use it um i also just checked before with our uh, marketing director who is in charge of this uh, project and he said that one third of all the fans who are playing it gave us also permission to send them newsletters so then there is the next action we can do we can provide them newsletters and one goal of our newsletters is also to personalize them as much as possible we just started with this project but our goal is in the future to send the club specific newsletters to our fans or maybe at some point even if we know that the fan um, prefers a certain player that we even go on the player level not even only on the club level so that's the the vision obviously having people give you permission and a third of the people giving you permission to send them newsletters is a big thing aside from that as a sort of feedback have you received any other reactions from fans and from clubs about the fan challenge and what you're doing Yes, so for us it was always important to get the feedback from the fans. So after every season we do also a survey amongst the, the fans who played the fan challenge so we can improve. Um, 
overall they are very satisfied so they could do also rating of uh, how much they like to play and this was actually quite high and then of course it was like very um specific feedback we've got like improve the usability of this game or if you would uh, change this game in a certain way it would be better and stuff like that um so this is uh, very um helpful for us and of course we always try to also uh, fulfill those requests um on the other hand the clubs they are also very happy with the project it's a, it, i think it's good content for them and what is most important for them is, as I just mentioned, that we just provide the tailor-made assets and keep their efforts as low as possible because uh, clubs have limited resources too. I mean, talking about our clubs, we have big clubs with many, many people in their offices, but we also work with certain clubs who have just one or two people employed. And then we need to make sure that they don't have a huge workload for such a pro project. I want to zoom back out a bit um, to technology and innovation as a whole at the CHL. You mentioned a lot of different technologies come across the table mm -hmm. with just seven people working there. So what are your, what's your strategy in terms of picking technologies? What's your method for deciding what projects to undergo and what will help you at the moment? Well, as we still consider us as a startup, uh, just being seven seasons old, we try to work with other startups because as yeah, already mentioned, our resources are limited, especially in, in, in financial resources. We can't spend like huge amounts for technologies. And uh, talking about technology, it is possible to spend like uh, thousands uh, of, of, of dollars just for technology. So our strategy is to find other startups who are interested into partnering with us. And we create a win-win situation because we can give them access to, to a huge um, market in Europe because we have contacts with so many clubs in Europe who might then be interested to also get access to this technology. So that's a bit of a strategy we have. But of course, it is also um, a, a bit tricky to find the right startups because, I mean, I get emails almost every day. I, I think I could uh, talk to OTT platforms almost uh, every week because there are so many out there who get in touch with us. So uh, it's a bit... Um, you need to have a feeling of who you want to talk to and also what is interesting for you and then pick the cherries, I would say. But partnering with the startups, that helped us now a lot in the last couple of years. And I think that's for us currently the right strategy. And what are some of these startups? What have you seen that has worked for you in terms of technology and innovation and has helped push the CHL forward? I think when talking about technology, it's uh, always a bit tricky because you tend to forget the fans. We are also enthusiastic here at the office about all kinds of technology. And if there is a new trend, we want to do it and we talk about it and we start to talk about companies, and which, which is great. And I mean, I love to work in such an environment because I think there is other sport organizations which are uh, more traditional and it takes forever until a decision is taken and so on. But I think you really need to step back one step sometimes and think of, well, is it the right thing to reach a lot of fans? Because if you do it just for the nerds, it doesn't help the CHL to grow. And we are in a stage where the CHL really needs to grow. So we, we need to invest in technologies where we have the chance to create a lot of reach. You've talked about your trial and error. Um, mm -hmm. So what are things that you have tried maybe that worked, things that tried that you failed, things that you've learned over the past seven years that you feel obligated to share with others that you think is important for others who are undergoing sort of the same innovation process to know? Well, I think 
the, the most important thing I really learned is this trial and error. I'm a perfectionist and uh, that was sometimes hard for me to learn that a product doesn't need to be 100% perfect before you launch it. And actually, it is really good if you also just uh, maybe go out with the MVP and then test it on the market and then steady improve your product until it is at its best. And I think this is really the feedback you can get from, from fans or from, from other stakeholders helps a lot. And it's important also having that open channel of communication with fans. It's not something that you hear often from sports leagues. Yeah, I think um, this is something we do, but also there we still could improve. Um, I mean, just as mentioned at the beginning, I did my MBA in t- digital transformation for the last two years. And there this was a, a huge topic to get the feedback from, from the user, from the customer and involve them in, in your projects. Um, I, I must admit, we, we don't do that that much as we should here at the CHL, but as I mentioned, we did the fan service, we do the fan survey after the fan challenge and get them involved. So we do it at a certain stage or at a certain amount, but we could be better in that as well. But for sure, I think there is other sports organizations who don't do it at all. Uh, so I think there, yeah, of course, we might be a little bit ahead of others. But uh, if there is something where I say we should do it even more, then it's probably involving the fans more in our decision making when it comes to um, technology and innovations. And do you feel as if fans are eager to answer these questionnaires that you're giving out and to give you this feedback? Absolutely. So if I mentioned before the two fan surveys we did in 2017-2019, those surveys, it took about 20 to 25 minutes to fill them in. So, I mean, this is this is such a long time and we got over 20,000 fans all over Europe who completed them. So I think the willingness is huge. And I think uh, also compared um, to, to other businesses, sports is something where fans feel they want to be involved. They want to give their feedback. They they feel like they are fans of a sports competition or of, of, of a team and they want to help you to be better. While I think with other brands, uh, yeah, they don't feel that much uh, involved or engaged. So they don't uh, fill in a survey for 20 minutes. So yes, I think this is, is another problem to get the feedback from the fans. So let's talk a little bit more about the fans because we mentioned it earlier. You have clubs in 14 different countries. You're catering to such a wide variety of fans across Europe who speak different languages. Um, some maybe don't speak English as well. So it's hard to find even one language to congregate everyone around how do you do this language is an issue absolutely so we decided that english is our common language but if we are honest it's just the native language for one of our participating teams uh, the one from the uk for all the other ones uh, on the fan basis of those teams it's it's a foreign language but we cannot deal at, at the size as we are currently, we cannot deal with so many languages. So we use English as a common language, try to keep it as simple as possible so fans can understand. Uh, but like I think it was three years ago, we decided to add two more languages to our website and app, which is German, because we serve three bigger markets um, with, with the same language and also Czech which is a very important market in ice hockey. And there we realized that the fans struggle the most with the, with the English language. Um, but yeah, if, if I 
could wish for, for a technology, it would probably be that there is proper interpreter uh, software and I could do like all the content optimized in, in the different languages we need because there we see a, a huge potential. If you have the content done in the fans' languages, they engage more. And it's not just languages, it's also different cultures. So do you see yourself also creating different types of content, obviously with such a small team, maybe outsourcing the creation of this content? How does that process work? There is two things. So one is the templates we provide to the clubs, we um, let them also uh, adapt it. So if they, for example, want to do our template in their own language, they can do it. Or also sometimes we just give guidelines and then they... Um, do for a certain thing their own content because the clubs know their local markets the best. They know what works in their market and what doesn't work. Um, and, and as you just mentioned before, there is huge differences in Europe. So what works in the UK doesn't necessarily work in Germany or in Czech Republic. So yeah, we trust our clubs that they know what to do in, in their own market. But of course, when it comes to our own uh, platforms where we um, publish the content, we have also our strategies. So for example, we found out that uh, Twitter is a huge thing in the UK, while in Czech Republic, Facebook is the social media platform which still works the best so we try to also use this information and publish the content for the respective fan base more on the platforms the fans really use you said you wish there was some sort of technology that will you know be an instant translator for all of your content but are there any types of technologies that you're using for your content creation that do help you in this process we used to work uh, with a software earlier for um, for graphics, for social media graphics, but we stopped again to use it because it was a little bit too limiting and our team wished more flexibility than just always have the standard, standardized graphics. And other than that, it's more like content management software, which is currently in place. So what kind of content are you creating with your clubs and your players? Because obviously we're also talking about, you know, new generations of fans, Generation Z who like different types of content, shorter content. What is it that you've introduced over the past couple of years that you are doing with your clubs and players? Yeah, as I mentioned before, there is this issue that we uh, need to make our players and clubs more um more known across Europe. So we try to create formats um, which are presenting them more and, and make it also more interesting for fans to have access maybe to fan, uh, to players and, and clubs which they usually don't have. So we invested uh, quite a lot to behind the scenes content. We also realized when we started to do uh, this a couple of years ago that at that time, other leagues, like the national leagues and also the clubs weren't doing that so much. Of course, nowadays the clubs are also doing a lot of behind the scenes content, but this was a strategy we had. So going behind the scenes, giving the fans insights they usually don't get works very well. And also we started to create like fun formats with players because our goal is also to show the players without the helmet. In ice hockey, the helmet is also something which is hindering to make players better known you don't see the faces so this is part of our brand to show the faces so we also try to create video formats for example where we have the players shown without the faces and then fun formats are, are quite easy to to use yeah 
And in terms of fans and different changing preferences, what are some of the trends that you're following that you want to capitalize on, whether it's for the CHL or with your clubs or in the different markets? Well, I mean, some of the trends, of course, are uh, like in, in the video section you just mentioned is the short formats, like uh, something we might start to do for next season is like Instagram reels and maybe YouTube shorts and such kind of things. And then other than that, I mean, we are evaluating trends which are around since a while. We, we had a look on esports, we had a look on NFTs. These are two trends we said for now it's it's not suitable for us but you never know maybe we will do it uh, later on um i personally see ar and vr as very interesting areas but for now i have not found a use case for a broader audience so for me it's still a bit a gimmick and uh, as i explained before if i use a innovation or a technology i want to reach as many fans as possible and if i just introduce something where in the end only like 1000 or 2000 fans make use of it it's not very um useful so there i'm still searching for maybe something which we could introduce in the in the future um but just talked before about content um, systems or technology and content for me what, what will help me on top on, on the um, languages it's other content automation systems so for example when it comes to video there is also tools around which could be very useful so if we could have like tools in place which help us to produce even more, more content and maybe even help us to personalize video content, that would be something which I am interested in. Well, Monica, we'll be on the lookout for this translation uh, service because there has to be someone out there who's already doing that because you're probably not the only one looking for it. <laughs> no, I think so. There must be something, but it must be something from my point of view, which is also in a quality, which is a little bit better than just the Google Translator. So there... I think something has to come very soon. Well, hopefully it is. And Monica, it was a pleasure having you with us for this discussion around the CHL and things that you're doing. And we're looking forward to seeing what you do next season. So obviously it's the off season now. I don't know if there's anything exciting coming up that we should be looking forward to. Well, I mean, it's a very interesting season to come. We were struggling last season as everyone in sports with, with COVID. So we are first of all very much looking forward to hopefully a normal season to come up again. And yeah, we have now currently the qualification going on. Teams are qualifying almost on a daily basis, and we have quite many new teams coming in. So I think it will be very interesting to get new fan bases addicted to the CHL. So yeah, I think if I can give a uh, some advice, have a look on the new teams and follow them and see where the journey is going. Because last year we had a team coming in for the first time and they right won, uh, won the title right away. Exciting times, as they say, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Monica, thank you for being with us. We really appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me. That wraps up another episode of The Mix Zone by Infront Lab. I'm Marav Severe. You can find me and the lab on LinkedIn. And don't hesitate to reach out and chat with our team about sports tech solutions or just last night's game. Enjoyed the episode? Let us know your thoughts on the podcast. And don't forget to rate us. We'll see you next time.